You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. Well, well, well. After that 2-2 two and two start, it doesn't look like the sky is falling. The Sixers have now won five in a row. I'll recap the game against, admittedly, not a very good good Detroit Pistons team. I'll jump into that. Plus, we'll look at a big night for Tyrese Maxey. Before I do, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And, of course, check out libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs. So going into Thursday's matchup against the Pistons, the Sixers coming off four wins in a row at home. They swept their homestand. Beat Chicago on Wednesday, a team that was 6-1 and one going into that game. And I kind of looked at this game against the Pistons like, okay, you know, the Sixers need to take care of business early and hopefully not allow Detroit to stay in the game. I mean, coming into this game at 1-6, and six, the Pistons didn't seem like much of a threat. But for any NBA team playing three games in four nights, playing back-to-back, although it's a short trip, but going from Philly to Detroit, uh, having these little factors in there and to make things even harder on the Sixers, they basically went with an eight-man rotation. Danny Green still out dealing with that hamstring injury. Tobias Harris dealing with the league's health and safety protocols. First and foremost, we're hoping that he's okay and nobody in his family is, is infected with the virus. So hopefully he's all right. And then word broke that FERC is dealing with a wrist injury. So he was unavailable. So Doc Rivers, a really short bench from this one. And the Sixers came out a little bit sluggish to start the game. They... Failed to to really build off of the defensive intensity. Gave up 66 to a Detroit team in the first half that is last in the league in, in offensive rating. So, again, you know, I, I was a little bit concerned watching the first half, although I love what Shake Milton Andre Drummond stepped up uh, in the second quarter. That was with Seth Curry in the bench, who was on fire once again. I mean, overall, again, Seth, Seth's numbers, pardon me, uh, only finished with 23 points in terms of he had 15 in the in the first quarter, so only managed eight points the rest of the way. But those guys really stepped up and helped carry the load offensively. And going back to the opening 12 minutes, Joel Embiid he really struggled. He even notch a point. And so again, Seth Curry's continued his phenomenal start to the season, looking like easily one of the best shooters in the league. And if he keeps playing this way, you know, and it has to be consistent. We have a long ways to go until then, but might hear some noise for him being an all-star for the first time as well. But you know, like I mentioned. The Sixers struggled a lot on the defensive end, giving up that many points to a Pistons team that, you know, has Jeremy Grant, Cade Cunningham, who's struggling again. He's only in his third game professional game, went 4 of 17 from the field. But you're watching this team and it's like, okay, they got a bunch of young boys are running around. Uh, the Pistons, you know, they're getting after everything, showing a lot of energy. And I thought Philly and, and give credit to Doc Rivers as well. The entire team really weathered that first half pressure well. And, and they didn't. They didn't succumb to it. They didn't allow the Pistons or, or the game to get away from them. Yeah, they were a little bit tired. They looked like they had some heavy legs after playing less than 24 hours ago. So, again, that was something that I was looking for coming out in the second half. And, boy, did the Sixers answer that. 
And going back to what I was saying at the top of the pod, Tyrese Maxey just looked great in that third quarter. He was aggressive. He's seeming like he's getting more comfortable handling the ball, the way he was pushing the pace. And then there was a, a sequence in the third where it was only a one-point game, and Maxi ended up scoring three buckets in a row. And he was decisive, got to the hoop, had one nice pull-up, had a lay-in, uh, and was just showing that, hey, you know what? Okay, I had a little bit of a slow start to the season, but I'm figuring things out. And, you know, again, based off of being around the team, seeing what he's like at practice, he's putting in the work, and it's really showing for a second-year guy who came out of Kentucky really unheralded last season, you know, as a draft pick, uh, wasn't a top three, top five pick, but he's showing – um, you know, what he can do. And, and basically that was the difference in the game. Once the Sixers got up by seven, the Pistons never really got back into it. And also tied into that is what we saw defensively. You look at that, that 15-0 run that carried over from the third quarter to the fourth quarter, the Pistons didn't score a single point for five minutes and 57 seconds. And that was really the end of the game. And, and you're looking at, okay, you're looking at this, at this Sixers roster and you're like, okay, well, let's look at them on paper. Well, you got Joel Embiid. Okay, the guy's an MVP candidate. Has there been any other all-star level playing in the last, you know, in terms of previous all-star in the last three games? No. And Joel even missed that one against Portland. And you're looking at all these guys stepping up. You had five guys again in double figures. George Niang, who has been getting a ton of praise and deservedly so, ended up with 14.7 rebounds. He looks so confident shooting the ball. He looks confident defensively. He looked confident asserting his will. And so that's been really, really good to see from the Sixers in terms of the depth, because we were looking at this like, okay, the whole Ben Simmons cloud was hanging over the team during the entire offseason. And you were trying to look for ways that how are they going to make up for that talent gap of not having a guy who's a three-time all-star and all NBA defensive team type talent on your roster. And those questions through, and again, it's only nine games in, but you're looking at, okay, where where does this team stand? Where does it fit in the pecking order? And what would happen if, if their depth got tested, which it is right now at this point? And it has been tested a lot, you know, losing Tobias Harris for who knows how long yet. We don't know when he'll be back, but you're looking at this through nine games and you're like, they're answering every single question that was asked about them as a team. And you look at, uh, I've been in awe of, of Matisse Thibel. You started tonight, played 30 minutes, not great offensively, but just a dominant defensive performance. Again, he's all over the court. He finished with three blocks and a steal, uh, making life difficult on any of the young Pistons who got in the lane. He was always around the ball. Uh, Shake Milton, who I mentioned, played really well in the second quarter. He's been so good since he returned to the lineup after missing those couple of games with an early injury. He finished with 16 points, eight boards, even at five dimes as well. And so you're looking at some of these guys who were question marks coming into the season, and you're starting to look at them like, okay, you know, they're starting to maybe erase that question mark and being like, no, we can play for real. And, you know, Paul Reed hasn't got a lot of run so far this year. He was really good. He got 15 minutes from Doc in this one against the Pistons, had four points, but three offensive rebounds, finished with nine boards total. So you're looking at what these guys are bringing. And I think they're starting to answer some of those questions that were being asked, not only about them as individuals, but as the Sixers, as a team. And all of these guys that might have been question marks coming in are now starting to assert themselves as, all right, you know, we can play, we can ball, and and we're going to be a heck of a team to deal with going forward. And, and to me, you know, it goes back to numerous factors of depth, the defense. But during this five-game win streak, everything has looked a lot different than it did over the first four games of the season. want to jump into one more thing around the Ben Simmons stuff. We'll do that after a short break. 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, we're back. So as I'm mentioning, this is a great start for the Sixers being 7-2. and And I said this in in some previous pods uh, on our network that the Sixers have a pretty good schedule through 20 games. Yes, they lost to Brooklyn, a game they really, looking back in hindsight, should have won. Got outscored 16-1 to late in that one. They lost a, a blowout game against the Knicks where nothing was really working past the first quarter. Okay, you could chalk that one up, but they showed what they could do against Atlanta. They beat a pretty good Chicago team that should be a playoff contender. And now you're going to have another tough, little bit of a tougher run here over the next three games. They're at Chicago and then home against New York, home against Milwaukee, and home against a Toronto team that's won five straight. So looking at the schedule now, you're going to start playing some teams that are a little bit higher up in terms of the talent pool in the pecking order in the NBA. They also got matchups against Utah, Denver, Golden State coming up later this month. So these are going to be litmus tests for this squad. And hopefully they have a healthy Tobias Harris. We don't know what's going to happen on the Ben Simmons front. But starting off this good was key. Because now you're not hearing all that noise from the outside saying, well, we got to trade Ben, get rid of him, get rid of him. It's like, no, if the team can maintain this level of play. And again, I don't know if they'll be 14 and four after 18 games. I'm not saying that, but if they're, you know, 13 and seven, 14 and six, somewhere around there at the 20 game mark, it quells the pressure on Daryl Morey. It quells the pressure on the Sixers to have to make a panic move just in order to try and get a talent in regardless of who it is. You know, maybe if the, if the Sixers at this point are three and six, the calls from the, the fans, the calls from ownership, say, hey, you know what, at this point, move this guy. You know, we need to bring in somebody. And maybe the Sixers would have sold cheap. And I don't, I mean, I'm not saying Daryl Morey would do that based on history, but maybe the Sixers would have, you know, felt the pressure to make a move for a guy like CJ McCollum, who, again, very good player, but maybe not going to move the needle for you in order to get towards being a championship contender and being one of the top two, three, four teams in the league. But I think the Sixers are knocking on the door with what they got already. And so whatever happens with the Simmons stuff going forward, I think that's going to be a little bit on the back burner as long as the Sixers are taking care of business on the court. And then I think as we get past December 15th, which is a big date in the sense that that's when certain players will be eligible to be moved and traded again in terms of free agents and players who re-sign contracts uh, during the offseason. So you're looking at this from, from that perspective. And I think that the more the Sixers can win, the more the Sixers can can do better in terms of playing with more aggressiveness, playing with more defensive intensity, which they've done over the last five games. You know, another guy I forgot to mention, Isaiah Joe was out for this one and he's been a role player, but that's why the Sixers bench was so short 
And, and so you're looking at this and, and, and saying, damn, they had only had eight players. It doesn't matter which NBA team you're playing. If you're down, you know, three starters and you have eight players overall and you still have this kind of performance, I think it's showing a ton of good things and the toughness of this squad. And I think Doc Rivers, for all the flack that he's gotten for the job he's done coaching certain squads, he's been very, very good so far this season. And our own Jackson Frank of Liberty Ballers, he's talked about this, that Doc does better when the team is facing adversity. And, and that's exactly what this team has faced, really, since it was eliminated in June against the Atlanta Hawks. And I think they've answered every question so far, especially over the last five games. When you start off seven and two, it's like, all right, your team is doing something right. And I th also think on top of that, to add to that, is now the pressure and it's going to be easier not to make a panic move to, to get rid of Simmons. And again, we don't know what's happening. The latest reports is that he is not working with the team in terms of working with the appointed doctors that the Sixers have, that he's seeking his own mental health uh, help, but he is still managing to, you know, work out individually with the coaches. He's getting some treatment for some back issues that he was having, but Again, you don't have to go to him now and be like, hey, what's, you know, hurry up and get in the lineup or, you know, we need you back right away. It's the Sixers are buying themselves some time. And I think that's showing two things. One, they don't exactly need Ben Simmons to be an upper echelon NBA team. And also number two is that they're for real as they are. And, and I've loved what I've seen, as I mentioned, from Milton, from Maxi, uh, Paul Reed, anytime he's been out there, George Niang, you're looking at these guys who might have been afterthoughts. During the offseason, I don't, maybe wouldn't include Maxi in that group because I think the expectation was that he would blossom, which he has, especially over the last five games. But, you know, Andre Drummond, another guy, people mocked the signing. He was great. He filled up the score sheet. Eight points, 10 rebounds, just 18 minutes. He was a plus 20 overall. So to me, this Sixer squad is really starting to show its toughness, its grit. And that's something I think everybody was waiting to see what happened, especially given the situation with Ben Simmons. That'll do it for this episode. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And of course, check out libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.